Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I believe today that the Holy Spirit's going to fill you up with the precious Word of God, and that's going to produce the strength of faith in your life that you need to do all that God has called you to do. Now, I would like to read a couple of verses to you today from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 8, and we're going to receive the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. But there's one verse right here that will really bless your soul today. Now, verse 8 says, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them that has not been given. For whoever has, now listen to this, this is amazing. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. Now, this is very different from the ideology that some people hold, which is that if you have a whole lot, really that should be enough, you should be content with that, and you should just start dispersing and giving things away. But Jesus said, for whoever has, to him more will be given. Well, you can tell just from that one statement that Jesus is not a socialist. There is a, a great love today amongst many with the ideology of thinking that socialism is wonderful from the perspective of, let's just take all of the money from the wealthy people, and let's give it to all of the poor people, and just even it all out, so that rich, middle class, and poor all uh, are all on the same financial playing field, and everybody's level. But you know what? That's actually, according to uh, the teachings of the Bible, that's called theft. <laughs> And so, you know, of course, it says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not steal. But you even have Christians that are, uh, they're kind of like in love with the romanticized idea of wealth distribution. But it's a very unbiblical, ungodly principle. Now, verse 12, Jesus again said, for whoever has to him, more will be given. Now, you would think that Jesus would say, according to uh some people today that want to see wealth distribution, you would think that they would say, now, Jesus, uh, uh, tell us what to do. And Jesus would say, well, whoever has to him, uh, should, it's, they should just give it all away. But that's not what he said. He said, actually, the exact opposite. Why? Because the kingdom of God operates on principles, principles of stewardship, principles of accountability. And when you prove yourself to be faithful, to be accountable, to be a good steward, where the numbers line up, and you're doing what God has entrusted you to do, and you're doing it faithfully, well, God doesn't look at that and say, well, this person is doing such a good job, let's just reduce them. No, He actually says, let's increase them, let's reward them. Why? They're doing everything right. Praise the Lord. So what happens to the person who is working kingdom principles? More will be given to him. Where will it lead to? It says, and he will have abundance. Praise God. He will have abundance. Pastor Stephen, how can I step 
into abundance. Be very faithful with everything that you have. There are Christians in the church today. They're convinced in their thinking, which is a convoluted way of thinking. They're convinced in their thinking that if they just had a lot more money, they could fix their money problem and then everything would be okay for them financially. That is a deception. Why? Because if you're having money struggles and money problems and you're making $4,000 a month, maybe uh, $2,000 a month or whatever it is, and you're struggling there, you're also going to struggle with $10,000 a month. Uh, you're going to struggle with a million dollars a month. It doesn't matter. Why? It's a principle. If something is not working on a small level and you've got problems there, the only thing that's going to change if suddenly you're giving more money is that just give it time and eventually you're going to have big problems now that you have big money. Woo! Praise the Lord. Why? Because if you if you can't handle it right, if you're doing things wrong there, you're going to do the same things wrong with a larger amount of money. Oh no, Pastor Stephen, I get it right. No, that is a deception. If you're not getting it right now, you're not going to get it right later. What's going to change? Nothing's going to change. See, it's the same thing. People think, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm living in a country uh, where the country is limiting my financial ability to rise up, and uh, I need to leave this country. I need to come to America. Well, let's say you leave your country and you come here. Guess what gets off the airplane? You do. With your same way of thinking, with your same theology, with your same doctrines, with your same attitude, with your same work ethic. Now, if it's good, uh, you know what th things can change, but people are oftentimes living uh, like a dreamland. If I just go over there, it'll change. Well, it can't change if you don't change. In other words, if you're leaving with a mess, you're going to arrive and you're going to create a mess also. Oh no, Pastor Stephen, I'll get it right this time. Not if you're not working kingdom principles. If you're doing things wrong, that wrong behavior will follow you wherever you go because wherever you show up, there you are again. And what happens? You start doing the same things there that you did over there. So you have to change the way that you think, the way that you operate. You have to begin working God's kingdom principles. It starts with tithing. Tithing. Me and my wife, we tithe when we're in prosperity. We tithe if there's ever been a, a financial test or maybe, you know, a challenge or something like that. We just keep on tithing. And so I can, I can comfortably say that you know, if I was on the street tomorrow, something beyond my uh, power to stop happened, and I found myself financially on the street tomorrow, well, the first thing I'm going to do when money hits my hands, I'm going to tithe on it. Praise the Lord. But see, because I'm tithing, I don't believe I'm ever going to encounter a situation like that. Why? I'm operating on covenant principles. Here's the thing. There are biblical principles that if you work them, they will work for you, whether you're a Christian or an unbeliever. See, when a pilot gets into an airplane, the airplane doesn't care if the pilot is a Christian or if the pilot is an unbeliever, as long as that pilot operates that plane according to the laws of aerodynamics and the laws, you know, the flight laws and the rules that were designed by the creators of that plane, you know, so that it stays within a certain safety envelope. As long as that pilot operates that plane within those parameters, the plane is going to, you know, it's going to create money for that airline company. You're going to be able to transport passengers. Now, you, you know, you can make a profit. You can do all of this fun stuff. 
So, you know what? God's principles will work for many people, even if they're unbelievers. That's why you see a lot of large corporations. They have so much wealth. Why? They're doing things right. They're running the books right. They have a good product. They have a, a good marketing uh, campaign. They have a, just a good business model. And sometimes Christians stand back and they look at that and they think, well, that's not right. They shouldn't have all that money. Well, according to Jesus, they should, and they're doing things right, and more is being added to them. Sometimes that's why you see businesses that are maybe like a, a multi-billion dollar business, they'll see another business that's maybe for sale, and they'll buy it. It, it might cost, you know, $20 billion, and they'll buy it, and they, they just get larger and larger. What's taking place? Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, for whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. Now, what has happened is that God's people have not operated these keys to the kingdom. And we've just kind of sat back and let the world, you know, do their thing. And we didn't really realize there actually many of these successful companies are working kingdom principles. So God's people now are having the mysteries of the kingdom unveiled, unlocked. They're taking the keys, they're opening the doors, and they're beginning to prosper now. And they're beginning to realize that when you're entrusted with this knowledge, this wisdom, these revelations, that as you are entrusted with them and you apply them, wow, it'll produce. And as long as you keep doing that and honoring that, it'll just keep growing and growing and growing. Praise the Lord. So my friends, let's honor the Lord and let's step into the abundance that he has for us. Let's tithe. Let's give the Lord the tithe that belongs to him that anchors you to a financial covenant. Because even the unsaved people, they can have wealth, but they don't have a covenant of salvation. And what does it matter if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Not only that, they don't have a financial covenant. So it is possible for many of them that they could lose things overnight. We saw that in 2008 when businesses and corporations were just wiped out wiped out and then they had to you know many of them that did survive you know they're begging for handouts and for government loans and stuff like that so you know all kinds of you know forms of uh, humiliation but with the Lord you'll never be humiliated praise God so walk with him stay with him work his kingdom principles and what will happen It'll, they'll work for you, and as they start working for you, then more is added to you. Why? Because you're responsible with what you have. More is given, and what will you end up? You'll end up in a place of abundance. What is abundance? Where you have more than what you need. Praise God. And you need to be in the overflow to do what God has called you to do. Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, it's going to be good. God's going to make up for any lost time. Some of you just found these keys recently, and you're ready to operate them and, and apply them. Praise God. As you do that, God's going to quickly speed things up for you, and you're going to find your place uh, there in, a, in that place of abundance where that overflow financially is upon your life. Just keep working the principles. Glory to God. Because if you can manage $500 a week, if you can manage $500 a week, you can manage $50,000 a week. If you can take care of $200 a week and budget that properly and take good care of it, you could budget properly and handle $2 million a month coming in every single month. Yes, you could. It's all the same principle. That just, it's just more zeros, you know, to put in the ledger book. But it's all the same thing. If you run accurate accounting and good ethics with the small amounts, you do the same thing with the large amounts. But if you're, if you're off on the small, you're only going to get off bigger on the large. 
And a small headache is not fun, but a big headache is definitely not fun. <laughs> Woo! Uh, the problems multiply a lot faster when the numbers are a lot bigger. Praise God. But God's going to raise you up rock solid, rock solid. I see many kingdom investors. As I'm looking into the camera right now, I see many kingdom investors that God's going to make you, uh, many of you millionaires, multimillionaires. And it will happen quickly. This being taken into uh, what the Lord calls abundance can happen quickly because you can you can be tested, tested, tested for a couple of years, maybe several years, and then God sees you're proven, and then boom, He just moves you quickly. Why? He knows you won't change. He moves you quickly into abundance. Get ready. That's going to happen to many of you where investing insights just it like goes off on the on on the inside of you like it like a spiritual explosion, and you're going to know what to do, and you're going to be in, begin to create wealth. And you'll use it for the Lord's glory. Praise God. Heavenly Father, bless your people today. Let them operate, as Jesus said, in these kingdom principles. And where they're always being added to because they're being faithful. Father, we just thank you. You're looking for faithfulness. You're looking for good stewardship. You're looking for righteous accountability. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for bringing in the multiplication upon their finances and lifting them up. People that have no debt. Father, you're raising up a debt-free army of people that have no debt that can quickly respond to you and be anywhere in the world that you might need them to be. And can also quickly respond to any spirit-inspired project that touches their heart. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this hour. This is the time for this, and it's happening. Father, we thank you that this is by your grace. This is by your spirit. In Jesus' name, shout, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, remember, this is how we work the kingdom principles. As you're mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so anytime, day or night. Please visit the ministry website there on the homepage. There is a link called Tides and Offerings Sow and Reap. The website is www.stephenbrooks.org. Praise the Lord. Now, my friends, also, there is a header on the website called Projects. And we have two current projects. If you would like to sow into those above and beyond your, your tie, that would be a real blessing. The two projects are the Ministry Fence and also the Ministry Aircraft Hangar. Both projects are moving forward. Thank you so much for your tithes and offerings and helping us to preach the gospel literally around the world. Praise God. Now, let's jump into today's message, which is called Destiny Race. Woo, I'm excited to share this with you today. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's talk about running the race that the Lord has for you. It's very exciting. Taylor made just for you, and it is a race. The race is taking place right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that he would illuminate our minds the way we think. Father, let heavenly thoughts break through as this message is unveiled, and let your people really respond to being in race condition so they can run swiftly with you. And, and be involved mightily in the work that you have prepared and planned for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore we also, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, this cloud of witnesses can involve angels, and uh, angels do have an interest. There are angels that are assigned to you that have an interest in your life. You have those that are on the earth, and they, they watch out for you. Your personal angel is with you all of your life, from the moment you're born to the time that, uh, actually from the, the moment you are conceived in your mother's womb, your guardian angel is assigned to you, and until the time you go home to be with the Lord, that angel goes with you as you're escorted home from the earth to the heavenly realm. Your guardian angel is with you all of your life, but there can still be other angels in heaven that like to peer over the balcony of heaven and look down, who for various reasons would have an interest in your life, and you could have others that are in this cloud of witnesses that, that can include many of the redeemed saints. Uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the redeemed saints. Uh, I think some saints uh, in the church today think that the redeemed saints just sit around on harps uh, or sit around on clouds and play harps and, you know, silly things like that. But um, no, they're very busy. They're very active. They have a lot to do. They have a lot to explore, uh, you know, but still they have an interest uh, on what's taking place in the earth, especially for those that they could be linked to with things that have a spiritual connection. I'll give you an example. Uh, and th this could go many different uh, directions, but in my books, I've written about various Catholic saints. I've talked about Padre Pio, and I've talked about Joseph of Cupertino, and I've, I've talked about all kinds of saints, really. And uh, because when you want to have a deep walk with God, you know, you study the lives of various ministers and men and women of God. But really, if you want to go uh, to some of those people that really had, a, had the extraordinary walks with God, uh, it, the path goes the same way. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to many of the Catholic saints. And when I say that, I'm not saying that I agree with everything doctrinally that many of them believe, because oftentimes it's amazing how, how little they understood about, you know, some, some of the things in the Word of God, but, but their love for God offset what maybe we could call wrong doctrine. And we, sh we certainly want to have good doctrine, but I'll tell you what, some of the Catholic saints, they had walks with God that were, that were just supernatural, phenomenal. So I've written about many of them in my books. I've actually talked about many of them. So I know from personal experience, there are certain ones in heaven. They're already in heaven. They lived their life out on earth. They're in heaven now, but they have an interest in Stephen Brooks. And they want to know how is Stephen Brooks doing? Not from the not from the perspective is like he having a good day? Did he have pizza today? No, they have no interest in that. They want to know is he running his race successfully? Is he is he moving along that path that God has for him? And is he on is he on the right pace? Is he doing good? That's what they want to know. They want to know how you're doing spiritually. And, you know, you could have people in your family that, you know, they've already lived their life out there in heaven, and they could have an interest in how you're doing as, uh, as well, because they want to certainly want to see you make heaven. But they also, uh, they want to see you more than just, how can I say, you know, you know, you live your life, you're saved, and then you die, go to heaven. They actually want to see you fulfill your course or your destiny. Hallelujah. Because you get to a point with the Lord, once you're saved, you're like, well, Lord, I, I'm saved. I'm, you know, I'm washed with the blood of Jesus. I, I, I'm ready for heaven, but you know, I've still got a lot of time left down here on the earth. I want to, I want to get some things accomplished. Yes, that's the destiny race. That's the plan that God has for your life. He wants you to complete it 
and finish it. Woo, praise God. And you know, you don't get a second go. There is no such thing as reincarnation. It's a total lie. <laughs> you have one life, and you have to live it all out for the Lord. And there is a cloud of witnesses, a cloud of witnesses that look upon your life, particularly with an interest, and they want to know how is he or she doing. And oftentimes, God can uh, allow them to look and to see how you're doing. And there's been times I've, I've, I've known when they've been watching me, praise the Lord. And there's been times where the Holy Spirit has taken me in visions to the third heaven, and I have met various redeemed saints, praise God. But this is all normal stuff. This is, by the way, this is normal Christianity, and this is uh, all of our inheritance in Christ. I know there's some people that don't believe that, but they're the same ones that don't believe that don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in anything supernatural. And you know what? If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's promised in the Word of God, I receive it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So there, there's an army of believers now raised up that can move in the apostolic, that can move in the prophetic, that every time we talk about this, we don't have to explain all of the ABCs. They've already got it, so you can just run with it and share things that will bless them and build them up. Hallelujah. I, I enjoy, I really enjoy sitting around and talking with people who have had valid visions of heaven, of what I would call heavenly experiences. I'm talking valid. I'm not talking, you know, like, well, I'm not really sure if this happened, you know, and, you know, it happened once 40 years ago, and then nothing's ever happened since. No, I like talking with, with very solid people in the Lord who have had real, genuine experiences. It blesses me, praise God, because after all, that is our, our eternal home. That's where we're going to be going. Now, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if some of the people, now he says, therefore, in other words, he's just concluding chapter 11, chapter 11 being the hall of faith. Here on, here on earth, we have, you know, the hall of fame, baseball hall of fame, football hall of fame, and stuff like that. Well, here in chapter 11, we have the hall of faith, those who did great things through faith. Don't be surprised if there aren't some of those people in chapter 11 who may be looking over at heaven's balcony looking at you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, now what in the world would he not be doing looking at me? He doesn't have any interest in me. Maybe not. But if you want to have a deep walk with God, maybe so. You might be surprised at whose attention you're attracting. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, a pastor one time, uh, uh, a lady pastor told me about the time she met in the spirit realm, she met Noah. The Lord took her to heaven and she met Noah. Fascinating. You may be surprised who's watching your life, who has an interest in your life. Glory to God. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, now because of this, let us lay aside every weight. Now, the word lay aside is a very important word. It's uh, in the Greek, it's the word apotathemi. And this word is interesting. It's made up of two words, apo and tathemi. Apo means to put away, and tathemi means to place or to lay something down. And so when you combine those words together into one word, apotathemi, it gives us a picture of someone laying something down while at the same time, he is pushing it far away from himself. Okay, let me say that one more time. 
This word gives us a picture of someone laying something down while at the same time he is pushing it far away from himself. So to lay aside is really a deliberate decision to make a permanent change of attitude and behavior. Woo, praise the Lord. That's heavy. Let us lay aside every weight. Lay it aside. Lay it down. Push it away. And basically say, I'm done with that. I'm not going to be messing around with that anymore. I'm not going to be involved in that anymore. Let us lay aside every weight. To lay something aside could never happen by an accident. It has to be intentional. This is something I've learned over the years that anything that you tolerate will never leave your life. Maybe it's not healthy for you, but you still eat it or drink it. Maybe it's not, you know, conducive for you. You know, maybe you work in an atmosphere filled with smoke all the time. Maybe you don't smoke, but maybe everybody else does. And there you are having to breathe all of that in. And of course, secondhand smoke is worse than the smoke that they're inhaling. And so, you know, you, you just tolerate it or put up with it because maybe just, you know, you want to keep that job or whatever it is. Uh, but there, there are just certain things you get to a point with the Holy Spirit. And that's what's amazing about the Holy Spirit. He's able to work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis because He's God and He's with you all of the time. Woo, glory to God. And He can help you with the laying down of these weights. But anything that you tolerate will never leave your life. And of course, usually if it's something that's a weight that needs to go, oftentimes it doesn't want to go easily. So that's why there has to be a, a determined decision, a deliberate decision to make this long-lasting change regarding maybe your attitude, certain attitudes, or even oftentimes behaviors, the way that we do things or certain things that perhaps we shouldn't do. So lay aside, again, is a word that means laying something down while at the same time pushing it far away from ourselves. Glory to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm laying down every weight. Say it again. Say, Lord, I'm laying down every weight. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These weights can be various things. You know, there was a man a, a few years ago that he just, uh, he couldn't quit smoking. He tried all the things, you know, the nicotine patch, the, you know, the, the, the chewing gum that helps you to uh, get a little nicotine in your system, and, uh, but yet you're not smoking, and tried all this stuff. He just couldn't stop smoking. But he was very wealthy. Had a lot, I think he was a billionaire, actually. So he told his wife, he said, you know, if I don't stop smoking, this is going to kill me. And he was smoking, I think, four packs a day. I don't know how many cigarettes are in a pack, but isn't that amazing? Smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. And he'd been doing it for years. So he, he decided to lay down the weight. And he told his wife, he said, look, this stuff is, these cigarettes are just killing me. My body's full of tar and toxins and, you know, I could get, end up getting lung cancer or whatever. So he said, um, he said, I want you, he told his wife, he said, I want you to rent for me a deserted remote island. And uh, you, because he had a lot of money. And he said, stock it with food <laughs> and, uh, and some, you know, and some drinks. 
and you know just you know not microwavable food don't no electricity you know put a bed out there and you know mosquito net or something like that and just put a bunch of you know water and liquids that i can drink and put enough stuff out there for me for 45 days and i want you to schedule a helicopter to take me out there and drop me off out in this remote deserted island out in the middle of nowhere somewhere in the south pacific or something like that just you know fly out there and then take a plane and hop hop to the islands and get to that remote island so that was the plan they're going to drop him off and this was all planned out and so they spent the money to you know put all the food out there and move all the drinks out there and hired the helicopter and it came down it came down to the night before uh where he was you know was supposed to leave the next morning on the helicopter and he's sitting there in bed in a cold sweat. And you know what? He just, he called the whole thing off. He said, I can't do it. He gave up, told his wife, he said, I can't do it. It was a great idea. It was a great plan. I guess it's just going to end up killing me. And, you know, if he doesn't stop, which I don't think he has, it's probably going to kill him. If it hasn't already. I haven't followed his life. But some things, you need to lay them down. Why? If you don't, you're not going to finish your race. Okay, it's a destiny race. These things are very important. You, you are playing with your destiny. If there are weights you're supposed to lay down and you don't do it, thinking somehow that you can carry this and still cross the finish line in time. You're not going to. Now, the thing about the race that you have with your life, <laughs> this is amazing. Your, your, your destiny race is that you're on a time limit. I can't promise you that you're going to live 120 years. I, I don't know if you're going to do that. Very few people have. I, I think the only one who's cleared 120 was the French lady, you know, a few years back who lived to be over 122 when she died. The oldest lady in the world at that time. But most of the people today that, are, that hold that title, you know, they only hold it for a little while before they die. And then the next oldest person takes their mantle, so to speak. But, you know, it's on, they're, they're only like reaching 113 or 112 and stuff like this. It's extremely rare when somebody hits 118 or 120. That's ultimate rare. I, by, by God's grace, may more people reach uh, up into that category. But the thing is, the thing is, is that even if you live to a 90 or 100, you're still on a time frame where time's going to run out. And if you don't take your calling and your destiny serious, you could end up coming short. I'm not saying you're not going to make heaven. I'm not saying you're not born again. That's already settled. I'm just, I'm just saying that there are things that God wants to do in you and through you that this is the only life you've got, and you have to get it done now. And there is a deadline. Your life is going to end eventually. Now, the Lord could come back, and if He comes back and, you know, supersedes all of this stuff, that's okay. It is what it is. We'll, we'll you know, we'll just call it a wrap, and off to heaven we go. Praise God. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, chapter 5. It's wonderful. I love all that, okay? But uh, should the Lord tarry a little longer than perhaps what we would like to see? That's okay. We'll keep on laboring. We'll keep on working. But you've got to keep on running. And you, you can't run carrying all these goofy weights around. You're going to have to unload some things. Praise God. Then I, I know that this is a type of message that I think it's good to maybe teach it maybe once every two years. I've, I've taught on this. I've touched this, this verse before. But I know that life can cause us to, uh, to accumulate some things. You know, we can have in our houses things that we just accumulate. And I think that's a blessing. Psalm 112 verse 3 tells us that we'll have nice things in our house. But 
there's a balance there because there's a lot of people around the world. They, they have a joke about Americans. The Americans are the only ones who have garages and they don't park their cars in them. Why? The garages are full of junk. <laughs> and that's true for many people. I'm, I'm sure that those of you that are watching, I'm sure that's not your case. That's not your condition that we could lift your garage up and there's nothing in there but a vehicle. But for most Americans, they've got so much stuff that they can't even put it in their house and they got to start putting stuff in, you know, like the garage, just, you know, and, and then the garages get packed out with stuff. And then what do we do next? You know, go, we go to these rental storage facilities <laughs> and it just on and on it goes stuff, stuff, stuff. So there's this accumulation of weight. And while God wants you blessed, God doesn't want you distracted because the more stuff you have, the more stuff you now have to manage. You have to have oversight and uh, so you can be blessed, you can be prosperous, you can be wealthy, but you still want a well-structured life. And the more simplified it is, the easier it is to govern your life and to have that flexibility, have that freedom and things like that. Praise God. I think that's a good way to live. Hallelujah. But, but there are weights that we just need to lay aside. Even in the natural, you can just, you know, as years go by, uh, maybe you're not as active as you were when you were young. And it's easy just to gain weight. It's just easy to accumulate weight. And today's message is really about not physical weight. It's about spiritual weights. It's about, it's about wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of behaving, carrying certain weights around in the, in the, in the spirit or in our souls that can hinder us from running the race that God has called us to run. Now, at the same time, if you need to work on your health, then you need to give attention there because you know what? Life goes a whole lot better when your body's working right. Now, that's just honest. It's easier to work. It's easier to enjoy life. It's just when there's no pain in your body and you could just do whatever it is that you're supposed to do. But as I've said many times before, if your body goes down, suddenly you're limited. You're limited in the things that you can do. So take good care of your body. Don't be afraid to go out and, and move it around and, you know, uh, exercise. And please, please don't be afraid to sweat. Sweating is good. It brings cleansing. And, uh, you know, it's very easy in our society just to sit in front of a laptop or in front of a computer screen and do that for eight or ten hours a day. And that can be very detrimental to your health. But mainly what we're talking about today, the laying down of weights, it's not, it's not physical weight. Because there's a lot of people, they're total health buffs, and they're just all in the health, and maybe they're, you know, just, you know, have, you know, 2% body fat, but spiritually, they're totally out of shape. And that's, that's just so much more important. It's so much more important to take care of your spirit, soul, and then body. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, today. Laying aside the weights, laying aside the weights, because if you don't drop them, if you don't drop them, you're not going to be able to run quickly. Now, this brings up many of the word pictures of the uh, early, you know, Greek games and th things involving running and stuff like that, because in those races, in the early Greek games, you know, the Athens, the Olympics and stuff like that, they would, they would get just as light as possible. I don't know if I should say this on the internet, but maybe you already know, is that the first Olympics and all the original Olympics, they're all done with the men naked. That, that's very crude, but you know, th these were not Christian societies. These were just pagans. Uh, there was a lot of hedonism, but, uh, you know, uh, and women didn't compete back then. It was just men, you know, running around and jumping and things like that with no clothes on. Uh, 
I don't know in some ways if too much has changed. I think the modern Olympics really would probably be better titled uh, the underwear Olympics. It just seems to me like a bunch of men and women running around in their underwear, even the women running around in their underwear, which is why I don't watch I don't watch any of the women's sports. It's all borderline soft pornography. I don't want anything to do with it. I think it's very ungodly, and uh, it's just uh, stuff I don't want to look at. Praise God. But my friends, let's go back to things that are that are straight and pure running you know what if you're going to run you still can't you can't do that in a three-piece suit <laughs> you got to get light you got to get the weight down and not only would they try to wear clothing that was light uh, but they would also try to you know just lower their body weight and that if that meant you know losing the the extra pounds that they have to carry around that's what they would do so they wanted to be in competition uh physique they wanted to be ready all the time and that's the challenge with the walk with the Lord is that you want to sustain that in the natural in the natural it's very difficult to stay lean continually you know uh, I'll just give you an example when they did the Rocky movies with Sylvester Stallone years back when they shot all those movies and then he went on to do other movies you know Stallone figured out uh, pretty quick as they got into those episodes that it's too hard to try to do the filming over a four-month period of time when you know that's how long it would take to shoot the movie and hold that really ripped cut physique it's just too hard to do that so what they would do what they learned to do what he learned to do is that in those movies anytime it involved him having his shirt off then shoot all of those episodes up front why because he's had to almost starve himself down into that type of physique and so that that means he's hardly eating anything and he's working out and on camera he looks great but the moment they you know they're not filming you know you're wiped out you're exhausted and you cannot hold that razor thin line of being really ripped like that for a very long period of time it's just too hard and so they would shoot all of that up front do all of that in about two weeks and then everything else you know all the other filming that takes uh, three or four months that's totally fine because nobody's really noticing then but the challenge in the spirit is that when you're running the race that the Lord has for you is to th- is to stay light and not let things you know cloud into your soul into your mind that begin to slow you down why it's it's time to make a surge right now now in in marathon running in distance running you may see a distance runner or you may see like a world class uh, runner in a marathon and you think well they're just running you know the same pace over and over but they're they're not they're actually throwing in what's called surges and they could uh, you know they could be running at a fast pace and suddenly if the lead runner wants to drop all of the other runners and pull away if they're running a 440 mile pace suddenly he'll just throw in a 420 mile and if you can keep up you can keep up but if you can't he'll you get dropped you he'll pull away and then he'll eventually back to that normal pace that he was at before and that's called surging you do that on purpose to try to to lose people so you know what you have to be light though you have to be able to respond you have to be in optimum condition that's the way God wants you to be right now God's going to take you into new levels of anointing new levels of wisdom new levels of prosperity and you've got to be able to respond you've got to be able to make that surge glory to God you got to be able to run with the with the angels and move with the angels Woo, thank you Lord Jesus you're going to need your spirit in shape your soul your mind in shape and also even your body in shape praise God these things are very important now 
It says here, lay, lay aside every weight, every single one, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The sin also. Weights, there can be some things about weights where they, they're okay, it's not sinful, but they just, they just slow you down. Okay, drop those. The sin, anything that's sin, we know that we should definitely drop that. And it talks about here the sin which so easily ensnares us. The phrase which so easily ensnares us in the Greek is actually only one word. And these things that can ensnare you, in the, in the Greek it's a word picture of things that are usually close by you. Usually things that the enemy would place not too far away from you, it would be something that can tangle you up. Theologians in endeavoring to delve into that statement they have different views on that. They think, some Greek theologians think that the early Greek runners, um, some of them, they would actually, they would take a belt and they would tuck the, the, their long robe into that belt and then they, they would start running. And they, you know, the, the problem was is that if you're starting off running with something that's long, and then later, if you're really running a long distance, come on, that thing's going to come loose, and then you're going to get tangled up, and that's going to mess you all up. You just you don't need to be running in something like that in the first place. So there can be something very close, even maybe something that you're wearing that's on you that can tangle you up, but it's also something that can be within most likely the proximity of your life that could reach into your life and just, you know, could be a temptation that could really distract you and pull you out of race mode. Oh, my friends, when you are effective and you're really running your course, you know, the enemy, he sees that. And he would like to have uh, give you opportunities to stop or at least to slow down. But you must keep running. You know, for this ministry right now, the Lord is literally opening doors to nations. And uh, I'll share more this coming Wednesday about some of the amazing things that God is doing. But God is opening unprecedented doors for this ministry. And it was prophesied that it was going to happen. And it is beginning to happen. And we're very excited about that. So this is a time I know for, my, for myself, I've got to stay focused. And if anything, I have to pick up the pace. Praise the Lord. And that's what I plan on doing. Just staying real close with the Lord and running. Praise God. As fast as I can, spiritually. Because there's a lot going on right now that some things are behind the scenes that will be moved onto the scene. And that's going to, that's going to require a lot of focus, a lot of tension. And um, it just, you know, growth requires more discipline, more tension, and more focus. And that's fine. When the Lord brings it, it's fine. And we thank God for that because we're preparing for that and have been praying for that. But my, my friends, we must be as light as we possibly can. You, uh, maybe you heard about it in the news, but the world record for the marathon was just broken again. But for the first time, uh, the 26.2-mile the marathon was run under two hours. And while the guy that had the world record, most people thought he could do it. Most people thought it was possible. He did do it. He ran it under two hours. Technically, it doesn't count as a world record because he had some pacemakers help him out. Uh, and that, that's totally fine, but it's still a monumental achievement. But the thing is, is that to do that, he had to be just as light as possible. There's been a lot of um, controversy even about the shoes that he wore because Nike developed a special shoe just for him uh, called the Vaporfly. And uh, it's a shoe that has in the center of it, I think it's a, like a, a carbon or a graphite plate, sandwiched between two layers of foam 
and it's super light but it would also give a special level of springiness that over the course of 26 miles it's going to shave off fractions of seconds and it's going to help you run a faster time well some people say well you know you know that guy was running that race you know mr kipchoge that ran that race you know that that's a uh you know th those shoes were cheating well not really because it's trust me it's not the sh not not the shoes he was already a phenomenal athlete and he's just got a good pair of shoes that's all it is a good pair of shoes but they're so light you could hold them in your hand and it feels like you're holding one of these communion wafers it's so light it's like running barefoot but you know he's running mile after mile 26 miles in a row each mile at a mile pace of four minutes 34 seconds with no stop no break in between you really have to be in great shape and you have to be really really light God wants you to get in shape spiritually so that you could really run with him full of the spirit full of the spirit ready to go at any time you may never know when somebody needs you to pray for them well I I can't respond right now pastor Stephen I haven't had my prayer time you should have already had your prayer time you should be prayed up all the time you should be ready to go at any moment when I get around world-class prophets they're always ready to go you'll never catch prophet Bill Hammond uh, not ready to prophesy I, and I've seen him at various times I've, I've seen him uh, you know uh, when he's just gotten off international plane flight or something like that still trying to pull through jet lag still ready to prophesy tired ready to prophesy rested ready to prophesy and I, I've seen these these guys they can prophesy anytime day or night accurately accurately you just have to stay ready to go all the time Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Your anointing. You've got to be in your anointing. You've got to be ready to go. Praise God. You have to be ready to respond. The company, the boss might call you. They might need you at 2 o'clock in the morning. You've got to be ready to respond. You may wake up in the middle of the night, and the Holy Spirit wants to give you a multi-million dollar stock tip. You've got to be ready to respond. Hallelujah. You never know when the answer to your prayer may come. But when it comes, you've got to be ready to respond. When the angelic visitation comes, it might be during your favorite meal. Hey, that's what they make microwaves for. Heat it up later. Well, Pastor Stephen, it won't taste as good then. You're right, it probably won't, but who cares? You've got to catch that revelation. You've got to get that angelic message. You can't miss that. You can't miss that. You can eat later on. Praise God. You've got to be able to respond. You've got to be a spiritual person. Mm. And it takes training. It takes discipline. Praise the Lord. You can't respond carrying weights, and you can't respond if you're all, uh, you know, tangled up in sin. Those things will bog you down. Those things will decrease and limit the anointing. They affect your ability to hear the Lord and to be on the frequency of heaven. They, they affect your ability to move quickly in the Spirit. Glory to God. So drop it. Drop it. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Again, when Jesus or when God's Word said lay it aside, that implies someone laying something down while at the same time he's pushing it far away from himself a committed decision I'm done with messing with those things those things slow me down I can't do that Woo! I can't watch that I can't think like that I can't engage that I can't do that I can't talk like that hallelujah you've got to stay up you've got to stay in the spirit glory to the Lord why why your race is very very important your destiny 
was predetermined by God before you were born and he placed it into your spirit and when you were born again when you were regenerated on the inside when your spirit was made brand new that destiny was unlocked and it begins to get unveiled by the Holy Spirit and you realize that your calling is very valuable very sacred and it is it's going to affect the lives of many people and you don't have any time to be messing around praise the Lord Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with the endurance the race that is set before us. So we need endurance because it's not a hundred meter sprint, it's more like the marathon. But remember, a marathon's not a jog. A marathon a marathon can be run quickly. There can be a fast pace. Hallelujah. And you've got to stay moving. Stay moving because before you know it, you're going to be crossing that finish line. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe that should the Lord come back quickly in the sense where we are the ones that are alive and remain till the coming of the Lord, and we are the ones that are, that are taken up to meet the Lord in the clouds. I believe that should we be that generation, I believe that the Father knows that. And the Father will work in our lives to expedite all that we're supposed to do so that we accomplish phenomenal things in a very brief period of time. But even should the Lord tarry, we're still going to need every day to get it done. Praise God. See, every day when you wake up, it's a new day. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. So every morning is fresh and clean. All of your mistakes, all of your failures, any sins, all of that is forgiven. It's washed away by the blood of Jesus. And every day is a new day. So get up and start running fast every single morning. Every single morning. You know, something about running, and it's the same way with your walk with God. In the natural, because I used to be a runner, in the natural, if you are in shape, and you know you're in you're in competition uh, type mode where you're you know you you've gotten yourself in shape, running then is actually very enjoyable, and you know if, when I was in college and I was on the track team, I ran you know distance events and you know fifteen hundred meters, five thousand meters, and uh, I did the ten thousand meters a few times. I hated it, and because uh, I don't like the longer distances, I like the shorter, you know, like the fifteen hundred or the mile. But you know, I, I also ran co- cross country. But the thing was, is that you know when we were running throughout the week on Saturday and Sunday, if we weren't racing on Saturday, Saturday and Sunday would just be you know put in long mileage. So on Sunday after church, the coach, uh, we would just get in the van and he would, uh, we would all meet at the track and he, we get in the van and he would just drive us out about uh, sometimes 12 miles, sometimes 15 miles from uh, where the track was at and just uh, drive us out looking at the speed, speedometer and the uh, mileage, the odometer on the vehicle, take us out about 12 or 15 miles, and just drop us off and said, okay, guys, I'll see you back at the stadium and so, you know, maybe it'd be about 10 of us on, on the distance team, and we just start running together, you know, 15 miles. And sometimes, because that, that's an easy day, we're not, we're not trying to race, we're just trying to get the mileage in, because the mileage is building up your aerobic capacity, and that's the only way you can build that up, is just by running and running and running. So we'd run like 15 miles together, and, you know, because we're not trying to race, we're just running, you know, like a comfortable, like, six-minute mile pace, then, you know, we, we'd laugh and talk the whole time. 
we just talk about all kinds of stuff why what because we're in shape you know but if you're out of shape then what happens it's laborious and you're really working and you're sucking for air and you're gasping for air and it, it's not fun now it's a labor and actually you're looking for it to be over with Ooh, I just God I want to get this over with oh this is hard why you're out of shape you're out of shape but if you when you're in shape uh, it's enjoyable Look at the guy that just finished the world record in the marathon. Technically, it's not a world record, but just ran the marathon under two hours. He crosses the finish line, and he's not even tired. He's, he doesn't need to sit down. He doesn't collapse. He doesn't fall over. He just he just fin- he crosses the finish line, and you know, looks like honestly, looks like he could have kept on going. Honestly, looks looks like he could have even run it even faster. <laughs> he probably could have. <laughs> Why? In supreme shape, in incredible shape. God wants you to be like that spiritually. He wants you to be sharp. He wants you to be sharp. And it takes effort. It takes effort. But God wants you to be in that, in that prime condition so that you can really move with Him. I'm telling you, He wants to take you places. He wants to do things in your life that are major. Hallelujah. He wants to do things in you where the identity and the nature of Christ are greatly developed in you. And you, you have... You have how can I say, you have your secret life in order. Uh, the devil doesn't have dirty stuff on you because, because you have the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If they, you know, if somehow somebody got a hold of your phone because maybe you lost it and your phone's unlocked and they look at your stuff, they're not going to gasp. They're going to say, there's nothing on his phone. <laughs> you know, he's just a normal person. But why? You're living a clean life. Why is that? You have the victory on the inside. And that's something that's very, very important. That's a big race, the inner race and the outer race. And God wants you running. And when you're running with the Lord, you're winning on the inside and you're also winning on the outside because you're accomplishing the things He's called you to do. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why the glory is coming back to the church. And that's why the miracles are coming back to many of God's servants in a much greater level. Why? Not just running the external race, but running the inner race also where God is doing the work on the inside. Because we're really coming close to the Lord and really allowing the Lord to work on the inside. And so there's inner victory, and that's why the greater glory is going to be manifested. Because it's not just talk, but it's actually a reality of a life where God's working on the inside, and there's purity, and now the power is really going to flow. Get ready. Get ready. Hallelujah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So my friends, let's do what the Apostle Paul said. Let us lay aside intentionally every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Why? He ran his race. He ran his course. He completed it. He did every single thing that God preordained for him to do. I mean, Jesus would go through the book of Psalms. And he, would, he could read things that he was supposed to do. And he did all of it. He knew, he knew various things that he was supposed to do. Even when he was on the cross, he still knew that there were some statements that he needed to make. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did he say that? Because it was foretold that he would say that. <laughs> That's amazing stuff. He did every single thing that he was supposed to do. And when he had done every single thing, he said, it is finished. Woo! Glory to God. What does that mean? It means he completed his race. Now, you're going to do the same thing. And 
you have to really give God your best, and you need to be in optimum prime spiritual conditioning. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is your coach. The Holy Spirit is your trainer. And the Holy Spirit is showing you things right now that are weights that you need to drop. Some of them are bad, toxic relationships, and the people are never going to change, and you need to stop running with them because they're going to ruin your walk with the Lord. Bad company corrupts good morals, and you need to be in a healthy atmosphere. Praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit's going to help you make some adjustments there. Praise God. Also, He'll help you apply the wisdom of God in those situations. He's pinpointing weights right now. Lift your hands to the Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you. Just reveal as the personal coach and trainer of your people for this destiny race. Reveal to them right now, Holy Spirit, weights they need to let go of and push them away. The, the weights being pushed away. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now reveal also any sin that has entangled them or is starting maybe to entangle them, or if there's things that have already wrapped them up, set them free. Help them to cut it right now and make that decision to go on with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's just working right now. Things are coming off right now. Praise God. Make that decision to drop it right now. The weights, the sins, drop it right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, this is your comeback moment. This is your time of getting, getting on with the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is also right now beginning to unveil that destiny race that you're running. And He's going to begin to show you some of the great things that God has planned for your life. And this is why it's so important that you run this race. It's going to take everything you've got, but you're going to be so happy. You're going to be so happy. Praise the Lord. Now, now, Mr. Kipchoge, who just broke two hours in the marathon, said that halfway through the marathon, he was really feeling some pain. But he did what he always does when he has those difficult moments. He smiles. He forces himself to smile. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and I want you to run with joy. Be happy in the Lord, because I really do believe that you're going to do these things that God has called you to do. But you're going to have to be really in a place of optimum shape. Praise God. Glory to the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that things are coming into alignment for your people right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You have to be real, you have to be real determined on some things because... You know, in the, in the promised land, the enemy never wanted to leave. The, the Israelites had to drive forcibly the enemy out. So there could be some things that would be weights or sins that have been around for a while. And, you know, they kind of like you, but uh, they, they like your, your, your flesh nature. But you're going to have to just drop them and say, you know what? I've, I've, I've wasted my time with you, and I'm not, not doing it anymore. Uh, I'm dropping you like a hot potato. I've got to run. I've got to run light, and I've got to run fast. Praise God. So just drop them. Praise the Lord. And sometimes on doing that, you have, to be, you have to be very aggressive with your faith, and with boldness, you have to say, I'm finished with this. I'm not doing this anymore in the name of Jesus. You may even have to talk 
to that to that situation to that spirit to that temptation and say I'm done with it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ praise the Lord hallelujah the Holy Spirit's helping right now the Holy Spirit's working right now Woo! you're going somewhere it really is going to require you to run at a very fast pace he's going to get you there mm, thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah Holy Spirit do your work do your work Holy Spirit get them up in the into a very quick running pace thank you oh God see yourself running with the Lord hallelujah glory glory for some of you that are that would be older in age I, I'm seeing I'm seeing those that would be in the latter 70s even the 80s oh the Lord's going to do a work a mighty work of grace in your life I'm telling you arthritis is leaving you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's going to limber you up that God's going to put oil in your bones and in your body and you're going to get flexible again you're going to get energized again and you're going to go out there and you're going to complete the things that were just left laying around that you never did what God wanted you to do you're going to get it done you're going to get it done quickly praise God so get up and get going today in the name of Jesus God's going to even work with your body to help you on your assignment thank you Lord Jesus glory glory praise Lord praise the Lord the anointing of the Holy Spirit is flowing today there's just like an oil that's flowing a river of strength and energy from the Holy Spirit flowing from heaven into your life and the Holy Spirit is just carrying it into you sweeping all discouragement and all debris away praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus praise the Lord I'm telling you you're gonna have opportunities happen you're gonna have to be able to respond quickly you have to be, be able to respond quickly, praise God, and you're going to be in the position to do just that. All right, let's celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ today. Let's take Holy Communion together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to be running your destiny race full speed ahead. Woo, heaven cheering you on. Go, go, go. <laughs> the devil going, no, no. Well, don't worry about him. Heavenly, the heavenly and uh, uh, praise team cheering you on. Go, go, go. Praise God. Mm -mm. You have more people in heaven watching you than you know. Mm. You, although Pastor Stephen, there couldn't be. You'd be surprised. Oh, I know there are many that are watching you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, get some grape juice and some unleavened bread we're going to take communion in just a moment if you're watching today's program and you're thinking uh pastor Stephen, i'm not even in the race i don't even know jesus you can be saved today if you would like to receive christ as your lord and savior please pray this prayer after me say lord jesus come into my heart wash all of my sins away save me now thank you jesus save me now I give my life to you. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I now claim you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me today. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now your spiritual race has started. Praise God. Woo, amen. All right, we're all running. We've got a race to finish. We've got a race to finish. Let's take Holy Communion together, everybody together today. Heavenly Father, we pray over the bread and over the juice. We bless it 
and we consecrate it as holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for his body. Thank you, Father God, that you're going to help us. You're going to help us to cross the finish line on time. Everything accomplished that we were supposed to do, that we're not stepping into heaven without rewards. We're going to go in, into heaven with great reward. Thank you, Father God, sweeping many people in with us. And thank you, Father, as we run that race and do exactly what you've called us to do, we're going to touch the lives of many people. Thank you, Father God, because we're linked together as a body. Thank you, Father God. We all have different assignments, but thank you, Father, we're all helping and impacting and touching each other. Father, we receive the body of Jesus now, believing that we're going to run this race effectively. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. You're running by faith, and you're running fast. Praise God, the wind of the Spirit behind you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We confess all of our sins. We ask that you would wash all of our sins away. Thank you, Father God, by the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Strengthen us, Father God, with your grace and with your mighty power. Thank you, Father God. Strengthen us on the inside in Jesus' name. Amen. Prophetic vision is being released right now. Prophetic destiny and prophetic vision is being released right now, received by faith. Thank you, Father. We receive now the blood of Jesus. Let's partake. Health in your bodies. Glory to God. Healing in your body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Worship the Lord for a moment. Begin to praise the Lord and worship the Lord. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Come on, begin to pray in the Spirit with me. Woo, glory to God. If you've never prayed in the Spirit before, right now begin to open your mouth by faith as a Christian and begin to speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit would give you. Let it begin to come out. Let it begin to come out and he'll give you the utterance. Just speak it right now and you'll start speaking in tongues. Let's all begin to worship the Lord in the Spirit and speak in tongues together. Speak it out. Your destiny is being unlocked. Hallelujah. The path, the course, the race that God has for you is being unveiled. And you will run this race, and you will fulfill your calling, and you will fulfill your destiny, and you will fulfill your purpose, says the Lord. And you will be refreshed along the way. As the Lord says, I have many angels, and many messengers, and many helpers to provide the refreshing and the strength that you need along the way. So keep on running. Be encouraged. Keep on running. And the Lord says, I'll keep your body strong. I'll keep your body strong. I'll keep your knees strong. I'll keep your body healthy. Somebody, you're getting healed in your knees right now. Take it 
in the name of Jesus, healing in your knees, take it right now by faith and get up, begin to move around. And the, the synovial fluid will begin to be poured as a creative miracle into your knees right now. Take it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Somebody is being healed of a liver condition right now. Receive in the name of Jesus. Come on, keep praying with me. Clouds of depression and despondency are coming off some people right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. God's working on hearts right now, spiritual endurance and stamina. And he's also touching natural hearts. Receive strength into your inner man. Receive strength into your heart in the name of Jesus. Woo, glory. Wave of glory. A wave of heavenly fire coming now. Receive into your spirit now in the name of Jesus. God is touching hearts and lungs. Be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. I rebuke asthma in the name of Jesus. Jesus, receive it, take it in the name of the Lord. Glory, glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Those things that have tripped you up before, they're not going to touch you again. God is shielding and protecting you. He's touching your Achilles area. And He's touching that area. You know, it's a, like a proverb the Achilles heel is, has been a weak area for many people. And it's a small area, but if that area is damaged or hurt or ruptured, you can't you can't even walk. And the Lord right now is touching and strengthening that, that little fine area, the Achilles area, that tendon area. Receive strength right now in the name of Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. No spiritual rolled ankles. No spiritual Achilles tendons problems in the name of Jesus. Run in the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Those things that have tangled you up and have hurt you in the past, they're, you're not going to be taken down by those things again in the future. You're free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All of those little besetting sins. All of those things that maybe tangled you up before, you're going to be running, and you're not going to be caught. You're running so fast, they're not going to get you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, pray with me in the Spirit a little bit more. Build yourself up in your inner man by praying in the Spirit. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, there is a shift in the spiritual ranks right now some of you are about to get a higher rank just like in the military you can have a private you could have a sergeant you could have you know on and on it goes colonel even at the very top you could have admirals and generals and things like that God is lifting up lifting up and promoting to new levels get ready for a promotion into a new level in the army of the Lord hallelujah praise God you're about to receive a higher rank be expecting that and you're going to know the moment that it happens father we give you praise in the name of Jesus this is all part of your race this achieving higher rank that's all part of the race praise God thank you father God in Jesus name amen and amen praise God well my friends thank you for watching today we've had a very wonderful and refreshing time in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God centered around primarily one verse God's Word is so rich so full of life I look forward to joining you back next time. Till then, 
keep running just as fast as you can with the energy of God in the race that God has called you to. God bless you. Bye-bye.